Psalms 139, verse number 7 says what? Where can I go from your spirit? Here's the psalmist. He says, he asks some questions in verse number 7, and the rest of the verses gives the answer to the question he asks. He's, he's, he's talking to God. He says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Where can I escape from your what? Presence. Okay? How can I get away from your presence? Is there any escaping your presence? Look what else he says. If I ascend to heaven. If you, I go up to the heavens. You are there. You're there. If Read. I, if I make my bed in Shoal. If I decide to make my bed in the cradle of death. Guess where God is? Behold, you He's are there. there. Look, you are there. Read. If I take the wings of the dawn. If I took the wings of the dawn. If I dwell in the remotest part of the sea. And dwelled in the remotest part. If I go down to the deep blue sea, to the part where there, there's seldom anything, any plant life, because the sea goes miles down. If somehow I was scuba diving and went down to the bottom of the sea, he, what does he say? Even there your hand will lead me. You can reach me there. Read. And your right hand will lay hold of me. Read. If I say surely the darkness will overwhelm me. Let's just say I turned off the lights. I turned off the lights or I'm, I'm in a dark situation. Read. And the light around me will be night. Uh-huh. And the only light is the light of night. Read. Even the darkness is not dark to you. Even darkness is not dark to you. God has no nighttime. Oh, God. I, would, I don't want to start there. <laughs> yeah, you know, turning off the lights does nothing with God. We need an apparatus. We need some, some, some nighttime uh, spectacles to be able to see but when nighttime comes and if, the, if this was in the nighttime and all of the lights went out in this building guess what we hide we are not visible to each other but God sees just like it was light because he's omni present read and the night is as bright as the day the night is as bright as the day do you understand that God has inner light he is light and so light cannot dwell in darkness because light is the opposite of darkness which means which means even when we're in darkness we may not be able to see God but guess what God sees us and now he talks about this from a good perspective because all of us at one point was in darkness and we couldn't see God. We didn't acknowledge God. We didn't know God. But aren't you glad that God wasn't in the darkness with us and that God was able to see us even when we could not? He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. That's why we cannot fathom uh, everything about God because God is what doesn't exist in this realm. He is everywhere. Name something that is everywhere at the same time. Nothing. No being is everywhere at the same time. And when I say everywhere, I'm saying God is not only here in this realm, but everywhere as in he's in Tuesday and in Sunday at the same time. He's present.
present in Sunday, and guess what? You got a test on Wednesday, you got a doctor's appointment on Thursday, he's already there, and he can be there and here at the same time, because if he couldn't, he couldn't walk you through the days leading up to there, and he couldn't make a way for you before you got there. Omnipresent, he's all present, and this is what this text shows. But yet in Genesis 3.8, in Genesis 3.8, when Adam and Eve sinned, something strange happened. Their eyes were open. First of all, they were walking around naked. First of all, they were walking around naked after they sinned. But before they sinned, they had a perfect fellowship with God. They walked with God. They fellowship with God. They were in the presence of God. Amen. And God was in their presence. But when they messed up, read verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking. They heard the sound of the Lord walking. In the garden in the cool of the day. In the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Whoa, Lord. Whoa, they hid themselves from what? From the presence of God. But we just discussed that God is omnipresent. But they manage to hide themselves from the presence of God. To the point where God asks the question in the next verse. Guess what? Look at what he asked. Then the Lord God called to the man uh-huh. and said to him, What? Where are you? Where are you? We just went over that God is omnipresent. Yet Adam and Eve finds a way to hide themselves from the presence of God. I need to explain this because it almost looks like a contradiction. If God is everywhere, how can you hide yourself from the presence of a God who's everywhere? What I need to submit to you today is that presence, the pendulum of presence swings both ways. God is always in your presence. But we're not always in his. Oh, y'all, don't miss this. The reason why we're going here is because worship is not simply God in our presence. We come into his presence. But I want to show you from the beginning of time what makes it hard for man to withstand being in his presence is sin. When God asked Adam, where are you? He wasn't asking for information. He wasn't asking for Adam to give him his location. Adam gave, watch this, Adam's explanation was not locative. It was not locative. It was not about location. It was about his state. Look what Adam says, read. And he said. And he said what? I heard the sound of thee in the garden. I heard the sound of you in the garden, read. And I was afraid. Whoa, here's his state. His state is fear. And guess what brings about fear? Guilt 
and shame bring about fear. It wasn't that Adam was hidden to where God couldn't see him. There was a place where Adam and Eve met with God and had fellowship with God and was in the presence of God and talked with God. I can just imagine God walking, his presence walking with Adam in the garden and Adam, God asking Adam, well, how the elephant's doing today? And he said, you know, the elephant, uh, the elephants are good. There's one that's, that's uh, a little riled up, but I, I got him in order. Well, how are things, how are things on the west side of Eden? And, and he says, well, the west side of Eden is doing good. I had to make sure that the fox was looking at the chicken real funny like, and I know the fox eat veggies and I know they eat from the ground, but it's just a funny look, okay? Uh, and just imagine this conversation happening at this set place where Adam and Eve walked with God. On this particular day, they didn't show up. And the reason why they didn't show up is because something happened between the last time they were in the presence of God and this time. And what happened was they disobediently ate from the tree which God told them not to, which created, guess what? Guilt and shame and fear. And now to be in God's presence meant something totally different today than it meant yesterday. Now, I'm going to bring this to an understanding today because the presence of God will always be based on how you value being in the presence of God and what determines our value of being in God's presence. Our, what determines our value of being God's presence in God's presence is what God means to us at that time. When we are in sin, his presence is not a favorable place to be in. Let me give you an example. Let me, let me give you an example you might can relate to. Uh, you know, uh, you, you remember when you were small, or maybe some of you have small kids and you leave them at daycare, or you leave them, you know, you pick them up from school, and you can always tell when things were all right because they were excited about your being in your presence. You wouldn't even have to walk all the way to get them. Let, let me talk to, is this side real over here? Can you relate to kids in school? You get your babies from school, guess what? They run to you. And usually, guess what? You meet them at a particular place and they know where you're going to meet them at. You tell them, I'm going to pull up here, and this is where I'm going to pick you up. And guess what? You're there waiting on them, and they run to you, and they're excited, right? And they're ready to tell you about they, their day. Because your presence brings them to a place where they adore you. You let that same kid go to ISS and have to take a letter home about their behavior your presence now means something totally different. Are you understanding this now? Even with Christ's return, it will not mean the same thing for everybody. There are going to be some people awaiting to be in the presence of the Lord because of their walk with them and their, watch this, where they are in their relationship with him. But there are other people who are going to run to the rocks and to the mountains saying, fall on us and hide us. Hide us from the person that his children are running to. 
Does this make any kind of sense? So Adam and Eve, that word presence, lifni in the Hebrew, it means face. It means face. There's something that God did when he made us with faces. I have never been given a cold, chilly feeling by my father just being in the vicinity when I was in high school or junior high. Because that's where we all mess up, right? We start smelling ourselves in junior high school. Oh, I wish I had an honest witness in this house. Some of y'all not being honest. You sure enough not being, or maybe you still cutting up. I don't know what it is. So I can be in his space, but I couldn't, I didn't feel right being in his face. Mm, I wish y'all could relate. When you owe somebody money, I'm trying to make this relatable. And you told somebody, this somebody you borrowed money from, that you were going to give it back the next day, and it's three weeks from the next day that you said you would give it back. You can handle being in the same space. But what you tried to avoid is being up in their face. What is it? That makes you be able to handle being in their space, but not in their face. Because their face represents confrontation. Their space represents vicinity. God never designed man to only dwell in his vicinity. He didn't make Adam and Eve to only dwell in the same space as God. He made them and created them so that they can stand in his presence, his lifni, his face. But sin, guilt, and shame will cause you to run and hide from his lifni, his presence, his face. Let's look at Genesis 4.16. Say amen if you're following. Now watch this. And you say, I thought it was about worship. Yeah. Yeah, this is about worship. Because you've got to be in the presence of God before you do anything. And what's happened in this day and time is we have grown satisfied appeasing people around us in worship. In other words, we use people's response as a gauge on our worship. The devil done lulled us and tricked us and bamboozled us and hoodwinked us into believing that what makes a good worship service is how people respond. When we get to thinking like that, we have made worship about people. When at the end of the day, from the beginning of time, it was never about crowds and who says amen and who doesn't or who shouts, who lift their hands, who sits down. No, it was about 
God and what he thought and what he knew about the worshiper. And guess what? It's still about that. And I'm going to show you a scripture in a minute that shows that God didn't let up on that. We have. And it's the, it's the temptation of commercialization. And though there is some credence to commercialization, to numbers and amounts of people attending and people's experience, at the end of the day, in its raw form, this has nothing to do with people's statistics. It has all to do with God and whether or not he's pleased. Genesis 4.16, there's another person. There was this dude named Cain. And he had a brother named Abel. And I submit to you that the first homicide in history happened over worship. (laughs) And there have been homicides ever since then over worship. Not physical deaths. But one church can't get along with another church and decides to separate and cut them off and talk about them. Why? Because they don't worship like we worship. Well, they don't do anything over there. They're, they're false because you see how many song leaders they have. You, you see how people stand up. They clap over there. Can you believe there are people, uh, there are cane-spirited churches over worship? We've been a victim of cane-spirited churches. Why? They're over there clapping. They're over there with five people leading the song. Look, look at how they do communion. They play this scripture. We're supposed to just, we, we just supposed to do it like we do. So, some will say, well, look, they all don't drink out of the same cup. What? Remind me if I visit your church to get there early so that I can be the first one to drink out of the cup that everybody will drink out of. And since Cain and Abel, Cain got jealous of his brother Abel because God accepted Abel's worship. And the reason why God accepted Abel's worship is because God accepted Abel. There's no way God is going to accept your worship if he can't accept you. The Bible says God accepted Abel and his offering, but he rejected Cain and his offering. And instead of paying attention on how to please God, Cain looked over. And our worship begins to become contaminated when we start looking over. You better praise him for yourself, Jack. Worship him for yourself. Stop looking across the way. Stop looking at who's standing up. Stop looking at who's raising their hand. Stop looking at who's shouting hallelujah. Stop looking at who's just sitting there. Because it ain't about, watch this, it ain't about the horizontal, it's about the vertical. Cain did it. He looked. And God warned Cain. He said, Cain, why is your countenance falling? Why your face looking like that? Cain, if you would have given me what I wanted, everything would be all right. You can still do it, Cain. But what I need you to do is watch out because sin is lying at your door. You about to do something stupid. And 
Sin wants to pounce on you. The Bible says that when Cain had that experience with God, it's still in the face of God. Because God, guess what? We can be in the presence of God, in the lift nigh of God, in the face of God, for God's rebuke and instruction. But Cain took it too far. So his brother Abel out in the field. And he beat him to death. Just beat his own biological brother till he was dead in the field. God got upset put a mark on Cain and said this mark will keep people from killing you that's the blessing of it that's the grace of it here is the discipline of it this mark will tell everybody what you did this mark will keep people away from you so that they don't hurt you but it'll also keep people away from you so that they won't help you. That sounds like a disease, doesn't it? And look at what Cain does in verse number 16. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Then Cain went out from the lift nigh of the Lord, from the face of the Lord. He could not be in God's face. Now, does that mean God wasn't in his presence? No, God knew where Cain was. He left. He got, went to a city called Nod and built the city called Nod and, 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 and started continuing civilization. But you never read anything good about Cain in the scriptures from that moment. Hell, you know what hell is? Let me tell you what hell is. And some people get hot in the summer. They, they, they say, it's hot as, don't say it, here, okay? I, I know many of you say that in the car, right? I'm mad as, you know what? Do you know what hell is? I mean, man, I, that thing ran me hot as hell. Do you know what, you, do you know what hell is? Hell, do you know what it is? Hell is the complete, absolute, total absence of God's lift nigh. One place God will not choose to be in his omnipresence when time ends is in the place where people will spend eternity in hell because hell is the complete, utter absence of God's presence. Now, now, as I bring this, this plane for landing to show about the presence of God, I need to show you that from this time in history, it got further and further. Humanity got further and further from God. From that point, got further and further. They, guess where we all started? We all started walking with God. We all started meeting God and, and having, having, having walking meetings and walking and doing cardio with God. That's where we started. 
before sin came into the world. When sin came into the world, it got farther, further, and further, and further until guess what we needed? We needed something to be between us and God. And that thing was called a mediator. And so when we look in the Old Testament and we see in Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 6 and 7, during the period of of the tabernacle and the temple, uh, there was a place where God would meet his people. But he wouldn't meet all of his people. He said there had to be somebody who was able to go into my presence And they couldn't even come in unless something died in order for the sin to be covered for the person and for the people. Which means now there's a tension there where God, since Adam and sin came in the world, said, man, you have gotten so far from me that you can't be in my face. You can't be in my lift nigh. Hebrews chapter 9. Verse number six and seven. Harry, because we're trying to end. But into the second only the high priest enters uh-huh. once a year. Once a year. Not without blood, taking blood. Not without taking blood. Which he offers for himself. The second room was the most holy place. It is where the Ark of the Covenant was. It is where the divine Shekinah glory presence of God was. In other words, it was a room that you went into and without light bulbs and without uh, halogens and without uh, without. Uh, just a whole bunch of candles. The room would be lit. And that lit, that light in that room was the presence of God. It was the Shekinah glory of God. Because God is light and in him there is no darkness. He is physical light. Let me tell you something. He is responsible for physical light. And just like you can't look at the sun at face to face on a sunny day. You can't, because of the nature of man and the nature of God, we got to where we couldn't even look at God face to face. God says, no man shall see my face and live. Why? Because your nature and my nature are now so different that you can't handle being in my lift now. Without something. Just like you can't handle looking out uh, at the sun directly without some shades. And those shades do not darken the sun. And if you thought so, you know, be informed that your, your sun shades don't darken the sun. They darken your eyes. So that you can handle the sun. Your shades are a mediator. A go-between between you and the sun and God got so distant with man and man got so distant with God that God said you know what you can't handle my lip being in my presence so guess what only one person can come in to my holy place and meet with me and if he doesn't come in with blood to redeem uh, himself and the people of Israel for sins he won't come out of here that was the mediator because we failed and we cannot be in the presence of God. Now, guess what? You can worship. We can have this and not be in his presence. 
Is that possible? You mean we sing in praises? See, sometimes we confuse. Let, let me help you. We, we confuse being in his sight with being in his presence. Everything is in his sight. God sees everything, but, and everyone is in his sight. Right now, he's here witnessing this, and he's, and he's, he's at the liquor store where, uh, where Uncle June is getting drunk this early in the morning. But everybody's not in his presence. In Matthew 15, 8, and it, we're, gonna, we're bringing this down for a landing so that I think this is enough information. Some of you have been taking notes. God bless you. It's good to take notes and go over these things so that you can be educated. Don't just be excited. Be educated. Know, learn, develop, mature, grow. So not only that you get closer to God, but you can communicate with man about God. But in Matthew 15, 8, look what Jesus says. This people honors me with their Jesus lips. quotes Isaiah and he looks at the Pharisees and he looks at the Sadducees and he looks at the religious people. He looks at the people who have mastered the look. He looks at people who mastered the look. And guess what he saw? He saw their hearts. And he quoted Isaiah. He said, This people do what? Honors me with their lips. They honor me. They're drawn, they draw not of me, and they honor me with their lips. But their heart is far away from me. But what? Their heart is far away from me. They're not in my presence. Watch what he says. They draw nigh to me with their lips, but their heart... Don't miss this. Come on up here. Andre. Stand there. That's God for all intents and purposes, for illustrative purposes. No, you're not the devil. Stop that. <laughs> These are my words. This is my praise. I draw nigh to God with my praise. But where am I? Don't miss this. This is my hallelujah. This is my shout. This is my, my words of adoration. I draw nigh to him with my shout, my hallelujah, my words. But where am I? Jesus said, these people draw nigh to me with their mouths. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts. Are far from me. Then he says, what does he say about their worship? But in vain. In vain. Let me help you know what vain means. Vain means good for nothing. In vain do they worship me. Now, it isn't that they don't worship me. They worship me. But they worship me in a way that means nothing. That's like me going up to my wife. Thank y'all. And saying, Carol, you're so beautiful. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some of y'all missed that. It's like me going up to my wife and saying, Carol, you're such a beautiful, you're so beautiful to me. I said her name. 
Oh, y'all missed that. She's getting mad already. Calm down. Usher's go get her medicine. So presence, being in the presence of God, is not simply being in the place where he, where we meet, where he is. It's about having your heart there. So since then, we've needed a mediator. So you know what God did as we close? He says, you're not getting any closer to me. (laughs) You're not getting any closer to me. You're getting worse. And if left to yourself, your natural gravitation is away from me. It is not man that walketh to direct his own steps. We will not. Man, born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Our natural flow is not to God. Because of the sin nature, our natural flow is away from God. And so God loved us so much that he says, well... You can't handle my lift nigh unless my lift nigh look like your lift nigh. No, 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 no. You can't handle my presence unless my presence looks similar to your presence. So you know what God did? He put on flesh. And since we wasn't coming closer to him, he stepped close to us. And while in the Old Testament, nobody can see God's face and live, in the New Testament, God walked around, taught, raised the dead, healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, made the deaf man hear and the dumb man speak, and dealt with people face to face. What was that? What was that? That was Jesus. Why was Jesus? Because in order for us to be in the lift nigh of God, because we were going away from him, God says, I'll come to you and then Jesus says go Jesus says in John 14 6 I am the way I am the truth I am the life if you want to get to him you've got to come through my lift now So you want to be close to God? You want to come to God in anything, in prayer? That's why when we pray at the end of our prayer, you know, we don't just drop the prayer. We say in whose name? Because my name is not close enough to you. My name wants to leave away from you. But oh, when I get covered in Jesus, I can approach God with boldness. And I'm not approaching him as me. I'm approaching him covered in Jesus. So if you're not covered in Jesus, can you come into the presence of God legitimately? You can honor him with your lips. You can draw nigh to him with your mouth. But the heart of God is connected with the heart of Jesus. So Paul says in Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus and now there's not a separation now I don't need a high priest 
I don't even need you to pray for me if I want to contact God because I'm covered by the blood. The mediator is Jesus. So when I can't find anybody anywhere to pray for me, I just get down on my own knees and I say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I need you in the name of Jesus. I'm broke in the name of Jesus. I'm sick and I need healing. And then before I end the prayer, I say it one more time, in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody stand to your feet. Give God some glory and thank him for being able to come into his presence. There's somebody here. You're not covered. You can honor him with your mouth. You can draw nigh to him with your lips. But the reality is, where's your heart? Maybe there's somebody here and you are covered by the blood, but you've spent the last year living outside of the covering. In other words, your life is covered, but your lifestyle isn't. living outside of the covering. You got the blood over the doorpost, but you won't stay in the house. <laughs> Jesus is saying today, God is saying, come back. Where are you? Adam, where are you? This is where we meet, remember? And it's not this place, but where he meets and where he met was in the middle of the temple in a room called the most holy place. Paul says about us that we are the temple of God. And you know what serves as central to our temple? Nothing happens with the temple unless it happens from the center and what's central to our temple, and that is the heart. And God is saying to some of us, hey, we used to meet here. We used to meet in your heart. Where are you? I've just been working so much, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. You understand, Lord. No, I, no. If you've forgotten, I'm your provider. Where are you? I'm here waiting on you. I'm in your presence, but you're not in mine. And his grace, by his grace and mercy, he's inviting us to come back. If you're not saved, he's inviting you to be covered by the blood. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God?